Christos Aneski. Alma Sicham. Christos Anviat. Christo Alma Fefuka. Christo Ha Resuscitado. Christ is risen. This morning, we come together as, again, this Sunday, the Lord's Day. It's not in the, in the orthodox way of numbering the weeks. This is not the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, not the sixth, nor is it even the seventh day, the Sabbath day. That's still on Saturday. It's in the Greek language. It's even called Sabato on Saturday, is it not? Greek speakers. Today is the Lord's Day. In the church, we don't call it Sunday. We call it the Kiriaki Imeda, the Day of the Lord. And it's very important to remember this very fact, that this day we come together with Orthodox Christians on a day that, according to Orthodox theology, is a day unto itself. It's a day that all the other days of the week that were so important in Judaism, all of those days, and then Judaism's Sabbath day, and it still is a holy day in the Orthodox Church, but on Saturday, the day of rest was the, the superior day in Judaism. And that was the day because they were following God's command. God created for six days, and on the seventh day, He rested. Even God rested. And God rested in order to contemplate all the good things that he had made. And then he commanded through Moses to go and have six days of of doing the labors, of working, of, of doing what men and women do in the world to make a living. But on the seventh day, they were called to rest. And God did that for a very important reason. Because God wanted one day of the week for people to look up and to ascend and to lift up their minds and look up into heaven. The six days were for working. The Sabbath day was for resting and contemplating God and being quiet and having rest with their Lord. In fact, the word Sabbath comes from the word to rest. Now, we as Christians might think that this Sabbath day is the superior day. And if you thought that, you would be wrong. The superior day is the day beyond the seventh days. This Lord's Day, the day of the resurrection. The day that is outside of time, even. It's the day of the kingdom. It's the day of God's victory. It's a foretaste of heaven that we receive right here and right now. One saint of our church, St. Gregory Palamas, said that all the feast days of the Lord except one have one day of the year. But Pascha, the Lord's day, is forever superior because you know why he says? The Lord's day has 52 days of the year. The feast of Pascha is 52 days long. We put it all together, all the Sundays of the year. So on this gospel passage that we read today, we hear about two Sundays. We have the, what's called the inaugural Sunday, 
And this is when, after the Lord has risen, he appeared to his disciples in the upper room, and Jesus appeared to them, he presented himself to the disciples, he proved that it was really him, because the, people, the disciples thought it was a ghost, and Jesus says, no, I'm not a ghost, come and, come and touch me and see that I'm not a ghost, see the marks on my hand, I'm not a ghost, I am your Christ. And what else did he do on that day? He gave them peace. He said, peace be with you. We talked about this before, but for those who have not heard, the word irini in the Greek comes from the ancient word to connect, to put together, to join. Jesus says, join with me. Come be with me. Be with me always because that is how you have peace. Just think about what that, connect, that, that word peace then means. What is peace? It's not the absence of conflict. And if I ever came up here and promised you you would have an absence of, con- absence of conflict in your lives, you will look at me like I'm some kind of fool, promising to sell some kind of snake oil. That's not what peace is. Peace, as Christians understand it, is being connected and being present and being by our Lord's side. Then Jesus, on that first day, breathed on them. He breathed on them the Holy Spirit. Again, St. Gregory Palamas says, this breath of the Holy Spirit was the same breath that God gave Adam in Genesis, that gave him life. He renewed them. He made them whole again by breathing on them the Holy Spirit. Then he imbued the disciples, the next thing, with the power to forgive sins. Because that comes with God imbuing us with new life. New life doesn't doesn't just come from the healing of the body. Renewal doesn't come from being healthy in the body only. Renewal comes from being whole and healthy in the soul. So Jesus equipped them with the most important thing to do, which is God's work, yes, to forgive sins, but God gave him, shared this authority to go out in the world and to baptize and to teach the disciples, teach, make more disciples and to forgive them of sins and to make more disciples in Christ. That's the first Sunday. And then every single Sunday since then, the same thing has been happening. Now I did a rough calculation of how many Sundays have passed since that first Sunday in the year 33 AD. It may not be an accurate number, but according to my calculator, today, this Sunday, is the 103,428 Sundays, give or take, since that first Sunday. And the same thing has been happening, whether we know it or not, whether our minds are wandering, whether we're in in deep prayer, that God is with us and doing these same things to us. He is with us in body. He is with us in spirit. He is forgiving you of your sins. He is continuing the work of the disciples. The, the clergy that God has ordained, that we, and that we hear confessions, I've heard most of the people's confessions in this, this room, doesn't come from my power. 
Michael Turvo's power. It comes from this God breathing this power onto his disciples and that being passed on in order for God to give you these good things that he wants to have for us. Now, on this passage, we have a second Sunday, which is what we celebrate today. We call it the Antipascha, the, day at, the Sunday opposite of Pascha. We also call it Thomas Sunday because this is the day that the Lord came and he came to his disciples again. Thomas was not there at the first time. He was there at the second time. The lesson for us is to never miss a Sunday because we don't know what we're going to miss if we are not here. And he came and that Sunday of Thomas is no greater and no less than what the first Sunday there. You know what? This 103,428th Sunday is no less, no greater than that first Sunday that the Lord appeared with his disciples. The time span does not lessen anything. God does not diminish. God doesn't get weaker over time. He is with us today just as powerfully as he was that hundred and thousand so or so Sundays ago. Now, what are we to do on the Sunday? How do we look at this liturgy? Again, Sabbath, is, the Sabbath day we said is the day of rest. And I hope that we all take time, not just on one day of the week, but a time of the day to rest before God. Another father says, what is prayer, he was asked. And he said, prayer is rest. It's being silent before God. It's doing no labor, setting a time to have no other thoughts, to drive out all the cares of the world so that we can become present with God and God can be present with us. And let's sing it, this, this cherubic hymn that we sing every Sunday. Let us lay all aside all the cares of, of this life that we may receive the King of God. That is a song of prayer teaching us what prayer is, to be present before God, drive out all the worldly cares. Now on this Sunday, prayer and this liturgy is kind of rest and kind of not rest. It's rest in that we're present with God and we're here to pray with Him, be with Him, learn about Him, worship Him, speak to Him, sing to Him, praise Him. But it's also work. Because we know what the word liturgy means. The word liturgy means in the Greek, the work of the people. I remember uh, I asked one time, and I don't mean, I'm not going to name the priest because I don't don't, want to embarrass him. But one time I asked him, can you cover for me on a Sunday? And he, because he's retired. And he said, Father, I'm done working on Sundays. I can't work on, I'm not, I can't go and and, uh, substitute for anymore on Sundays. And it shocked me. Because I'm not a young priest, I'm kind of in the middle, but the liturgy, it doesn't seem like work to me. I don't feel like I'm laboring right now with you. I'm a, I feel more at play with you than I do working with you. This is the Sunday that we have. This is a day of rest, but it's not just a day of inactivity. It is a time to be with God's presence and to worship Him and to receive Him and to glorify Him. This is the eighth day. This is what we sing about 
all through this possible time. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That is a prophecy from the Old Testament way back when, prophesying about the Sunday, the Lord's Day, the day of the resurrection, the 52 days of the year. Every single Sunday, I've said this before, is Easter. I don't know why we don't sing Christos Anesti all day, all year long. Maybe if we did, because we're human beings and we have these things, we'll get tired of it. I don't know why we don't sing. Well, we do sing it all year long, but we sing it in different ways with these hymns we sing every Sunday. We have these eight hymns that, we, that, that uh, go in a cycle, and they're all singing about, the, about Pascha and the resurrection. Listen to what we're singing. You'll notice these apolo- resurrection apolitikion that you have in your weekly bulletin to sing along. They're always about the resurrection because we never, ever, not ever, Stop celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and God and Savior, Jesus Christ.